Hey guys, just before we start the episode today, I would like to say that today's episode is part of a small series that me and Mr. Jack decided to record about the best airport and airplane tips. I hope you find the series useful. Hey, hello. Welcome to the Nomad Tactics Podcast. Here provide a complete how-to guide for digital nomads. I'm your host, B, and I'm joined by the co-host, Jack. Today, we're going to talk about the best airport and airplane tips, part five. I will start with a quick summary of the episode. First, me and Jack are going to talk about exactly what is the aim of today's episode. After that, we're going to contextualize the topic within our digital nomad life system. Then we're going to provide some quick clarifications regarding the episode. And finally, we're going to provide 15 tips to do with airports and airplanes. I hope you enjoyed the episode. So, hello, Mr. B. Hello, Jack. So, as the title of this episode already tells, in this episode, we are going to provide you with a comprehensive list of all the best tips and tricks about airplanes and airports. Yeah, that's right. And we decided to do this as a mini-series, which means that we won't provide all these tips in this episode, rather, we will divide into a number of different episodes, five or six, perhaps, in order to try to keep the episode under 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Let's see. Yeah, I think, as usual, we should put this topic into our digital nomad life system. And for people who don't know what the digital nomad life system is, it is a six-step system that aims to help people going from a non-nomadic lifestyle into a optimized digital nomad life. So, Mr. B, where would you put this topic into which step of the system? So, as you can probably guess, today's topic going to be placed on the departing process step. And this departing process step can be understood as all the things that a digital nomad needs to do just before or during the actual period in which he's leaving his current base to guarantee a smooth departure and transition to his new base, i.e. the new city in which he's going to be living in. So, of course, we place this topic within this step of our system because airports and airplanes is something that you're going to deal with when you are departing from a place to go to the next place. So it's quite obvious there. Yeah, so Mr. B, before we go into the exact tips, uh, as usual, I think you have some clarification you want to make. Yeah, that's right. So just a few quick things I'd like to say. In today's episode, we're going to provide 15 tips, but there is no, let's say, logical order for when I'm presenting those. So perhaps I'm going to start with an airplane tip, then I'm going to go to an airport tip, and then I'm going to go back to an airplane tip. So don't try to see a coherence in the order of things. Another thing I would like to say is that 
as Mr. Jack said, the aim of this miniseries is to provide you with a comprehensive list. It's very likely, especially if you are already somewhat an experienced digital nomad, that you already heard some of the things that we are about to say. Having said that, this can be, let's say, a good memory refresher if you are an expert nomad. Perhaps you heard about the tip before, but you kind of forgot, and now you're going to uh, recall those. But also, I think that we came up or we researched some very unique things that I haven't seen many people talking about online. So I'm pretty sure that in every episode, there will be at least one or two tips that will be new to you, even if you're an experienced digital nomad, because, you know, uh, this list I gather over, you know, quite a long period of time. Um, either by talking to different digital nomads, reading blogs uh, within the niche. And some of those I, I got by talking to cabin crew, which are kind of the, the experts on the area, one could argue. Finally, one last thing that I would like to say is that we're going to provide a lot of tips. And some of the tips that we might mention might be considered a little bit sneaky by some people. So, you know, people defer on terms of the kinds of things that they are okay doing or not. So I just would like to make it very clear that we at Nomad Tactics do not necessarily practice or endorse all of the steps. Nomad Tactics should not be responsible by the application of any of the information provided in today's episode because today's episode is for educational purposes only. So the first tip we have here is to check the local weather at the time you're going to arrive. Basically, the tip here is very straightforward. We advise people to have a check at the specific weather in which you're going to be at the destination when you arrive. So generally, people have more or less some sort of idea of the weather, the destination, but they forget to check the specific weather at the specific date in which they are arriving. And the reason why that is important is because, let's say, in the place is raining or is exceptionally cold that day. If that's the case, probably you can already prepare an umbrella or an extra jacket in your carry-on luggage when you arrive. And then you don't need to go through all the hustle of opening your checked luggage in the airport, for instance. The second tip here is destroy your boarding pass before throwing it away. So the reason why it's important for someone to destroy the boarding pass prior to getting rid of it is because actually in the majority of boarding passes printed by different airlines, this will have a QR code or a barcode. Actually, a lot of mobile phone apps can read such QR codes or barcodes and by doing so, they might be able to access some personal information about yourself and your flight. Of course, you don't want people to have access to such information. That's why it's so crucial for you to first destroy the boarding pass before getting rid of it. Following the same token, you should also be careful with posting your boarding pass online because people can also access your personal information by reading the QR code or barcode. The next step here is always carry your essential items in your carry-on luggage. So this is kind of a reoccurring theme in this series. I know I keep talking about lost or delayed luggage, 
though this is not such a common thing to happen, it does happen sometimes. So the idea here is that by having all your essentials with you in your carry-on luggage, and by the essentials, I simply mean some extra clothes, perhaps some important medication, some basic toiletries and stuff like that, then you're going to be able to survive while you wait the airline to either provide you with a compensation or find your luggage. The next tip is to use the app Laundrybody to see which airport lounge is available. We talked quite a lot about airport lounges in the series. One thing we haven't talked about yet is how to check what are actually the lounges available to you at this specific airport. And the best way to check such information, in my opinion, is to use the app Loungebody. There you're going to be able to see the list of all lounges available as well as the specific features of each lounge and what they can offer, such as what kind of food they offer, if they have showers or not, if they have rooms available, among other things. The next point is you should join all the frequent flyers alliances. If you're a digital nomad, of course, you're going to be taking flights quite often. Our advice is that you should join all the major frequent flyer alliances. In other words, you should join the One World Alliance, the Sky Team Alliance, and Star Alliance. These, I believe, are the three major ones. And airline alliances can be basically understood as certain agreements that individual airlines with individual frequent flyer programs have within themselves. When you join one of the individual frequent flyer programs from a specific airline, you're going to be able to use the miles you accumulate interchangeably for other airlines within that same alliance. The reason why we advise people to join the three major ones is because, of course, you're not going to be able to take flights from the same alliance all the times. You also don't want to be spending miles. It makes sense for you to register for all the major ones. And then whenever you happen to fly with a specific airline that is a member of one of those, you're going to be able to at least accumulate some miles. Having said that, I think there is a good argument to try to prioritize a certain alliance over the others, because by doing so, you're going to be able to upgrade your status quicker and get all the perks associated with it, such as business lounges, extra weight for your check luggage, priority lines and stuff like that. Also, one last thing that I would like to mention about alliances or frequent flyer programs more generally is that one thing that I think is very useful is whenever you join a new program, write down whatever number they provide you as your member number in your phone because, you know, it can get confusing quite quickly having all these different numbers. You never know which number is for what. So... In my case, I have a, a note file where I have all the individual frequent flyer programs and their corresponding alliances together with my number for those. Then whenever I'm in the airport, I can quickly access such information. The next tip here is you should not put something fragile or delicate in your check luggage. 
I guess most of us already heard someone in the check-in counter asking if we have any fragile thing there or not. And sometimes we might think, oh, they're just overly worried or they just don't want any trouble for themselves. That's why they ask and they say we cannot leave any fragile thing in our check luggage. But in reality, their advice makes a lot of sense because if you see the way in which check luggage is handled at airports, those are constantly being thrown around, especially when they are unloading a plane. So if you have anything in your check luggage that you think could break if thrown from, say, six feet or even more sometimes, I would strongly advise you to put such thing in your carry-on luggage instead of your check luggage. The next tip here is that you should adjust your watch to the local time as long as you brought the plane. So we talked back on episode 25 about jet lag. And one of the tips that I gave in that episode is that you can somewhat trick your brain to adjust to your destination time by switching the, the time in your clock, either on your phone or in your wristwatch, whatever, to the destination time. Therefore, whenever you look at your phone, you're going to be kind of priming your brain to this new time in which you're going to need to get accustomed to once you get to the destination. The next tip is that if you dislike turbulence, make sure you sit on the wing section of a flight. In this series, I already mentioned previously that if you want to avoid turbulence, you should try to opt for morning flights simply because, statistically speaking, morning flights tend to experience less turbulence. But if you want to minimize even more the likelihood of experiencing turbulence, you should probably select seat on the middle of the plane by the plane wings, because in such location, you're much less likely to feel the plane shaking. The next tip here is you should use the website Expert Flyer to check how full a flight is. Back on episode 30, we talked about the different ways in which you can assess if a flight is busy or not. There are different reasons why you might want to check why a flight is busy. Perhaps you want to check if the flight is busy because you need to know if you got to book it fast before all the seats are taken or not. Also, you might be worried about COVID. You might be avoiding extra busy flights. Therefore, this information is very crucial to you. No matter what specific reason you have for checking why a flight is busy, one very good way to do so is by using the service called Expert Flyer. And Expert Flyer is simply a website that you can plug in the specific details for your flight, i.e. the departure airport, the arrival airport, the date, the flight number, as well as the cabin type you're going to be able to check out the seat map of that specific flight. And more importantly, you're going to be able to see which seats are already taken. And by such metric, you're going to be able to more or less assess how busy the flight is. Of course, there's not a perfect correlation between the number of seats taken and how busy a flight is, but you can have a pretty good idea. The next tip we have here is to use airline review services. There are many airlines around the world. 
And probably as a digital nomad, you just tried a few of those. So it stands to reason that it is quite hard to predict the quality and safety of the airlines you never tried before. In order to avoid any unpleasant surprises, one thing you can do is to use airline review services. More specifically, I'm talking about two services. The first one is called Airline Ratings, and this is a website that provides a very good overview of the airline safety. And the other service is called Airline Quality, and this website provides a very good overview of the airline quality overall, i.e. the customer service, the onboard service, the perks you might get, the cleanness, among other things. By checking these two websites before booking your flight, you will be able to probably make a better decision if you are not sure which airline to take. The next tip here is if you have a overweight check-in luggage, you can wear some clothes so it won't be overweight. So we all know that both check-in luggage as well as carry-on luggage have a maximum weight that is allowed. But if you encounter yourself in a situation where your luggage go over such allowed weight, one thing you can do in order to try to avoid paying extra money for the airline is to, quote-unquote, wear some of the items that were stored in your luggage. The easiest kind of thing to wear is, of course, clothes, right? So you can simply layer more clothes on top of the ones you're already wearing. Another thing you can do is to switch the shoes you're currently wearing by the heaviest shoes you have, perhaps like boots or something like that. But you can go beyond that. You can, for example, get a jacket that is full of pockets, stash the pockets, a lot of heavy items from your luggage. By doing so, you won't have any issue because, of course, they never measure how much weight you're carrying on yourself. So you can avoid paying this extra money to the airline. The next tip is to use the service Rome to Rio to find out the best way to go from airport to the city center. So there is the service that can be accessed both as a website or as an app called Rome to Rio. And Rome to Rio, it's a website that you can book tickets as well as other things. But perhaps the best function of such service is that you're going to be able to see what are all the possible ways to go from the airport to the destination city center, or more specifically, to your accommodation. So it's an extremely useful app, because sometimes when you get to the airport at your destination, you're not going to really know what are the options available to you. Can you take a train? Are only buses available? Or do you necessarily need to take a taxi? Rome to Rio lists all the options and even say what's the best one. The next tip we have here is to check your luggage weight. So this tip applies both for the checked luggage as well as the carry-on luggage. Though usually the weight is more of an issue for the checked luggage. Usually they're a little bit more lenient with the carry-on luggage. But anyway, the best way, in my opinion, to check is to simply buy a portable travel weight checker in which simply you're going to attach the strap to your luggage and lift it up and you're going to tell you the weight. 
Sure, there are other ways in which you can do so. Sometimes hotels offer scales or even you can use a pharmacy scale. But these little devices are so portable and cheap that I think every traveler should have one of those with them. And therefore, they're going to be able to avoid paying for extra heavy luggage. The next tip here is use the service Sleep Up Airport if you have a really long layover. So sleeping in airports is a service that provides you very good information about different airports around the world. It's a very interesting service because, as the name suggests, it shows you where are the best places to sleep within a given airport, as well as some additional information related to that, such as where can you charge your electronics, if there are showers available in the airport and where, smoking area locations, among other things. So the last tip here is use the service SkyGuru if you worry about turbulence. So some people are very worried about turbulence. And there are different ways in which you can deal with that by, for example, choosing morning flights and choosing seats in the middle of the plane. But another thing you can do is to use the service called SkyGuru. And SkyGuru is basically an app that aims to preemptively tell the flyer if the specific flight they are taking is expected to experience any sort of turbulence along the way. And the rationale is that if you have this information beforehand, you're going to be more mentally prepared for the turbulence, therefore less nervous. So if the fear of turbulence is something you experience sometimes, perhaps check out the app. The only thing that you need to keep in mind is that it's not a free app. So this is the end of the 15 tips of airplane airports, part five. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do, please make sure to leave a review on your listening platform. This is Jack and thank you for listening. Thank you very much. Thank you.